Hey, Billy, why don't we tell them what we're about, man? So we're here to welcome you to the Madhouse Chronicles. It's a talk show with myself, Billy Morrison. And me, as the This man, Prince of Darkness, and we watch and react to the maddest internet clips. What do we discuss, Ozzy? Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, all that kind of shit. Drugs, rock and roll, aliens, and all that kinds of shit. Come and join Ozzy and myself. Visit OsborneMediaHouse.com to get special access to... Come to, on! What do you say? Do you think it's the wildest show on the internet? Oh. <laughs> Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Agile Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Jay Hersko. Joining me once again, I have my fellow collaborators and partners in crime, Mr. Andrew Leff, who's on mute. What's up? <laughs> Mr. Joel Zinstone. Definitely not on mute. Definitely not on mute. And Mr. Stephen Kellogg. Hey, all. Gentlemen, thanks for joining. So uh, the topic of this week's episode is uh, another in our Metaphors Matter series. Well, if for those of you that haven't caught some of the previous episodes, we've talked about shifting the, the metaphor that we use in our professional world to stop relying so much on the mechanical and the human engineered and talk more about the uh, biological and biology and the biologically engineered. So this week, we're going to be talking about organizational sickness. And we talked about more more doctors. If we if we change the metaphor to be more doctors than mechanics, well, what does that mean for things that we spot inside of organizations? Looking at them like organisms. Uh, Joel, I'm going to bounce this one over to you real quick to give a little bit more, put a little bit more meat on that bone, uh, because this is the, this is genesis from a conversation that we have with John Schneider. Um, so you get, fill us in and give us a little bit more color. Yeah, so so if we're if we're starting to look at uh, organizations as teams, as entire companies, as an organism rather than a machine, which is traditionally how we would view uh, teams uh, and, and organizations, then we have to start looking at things that go wrong differently, right? Every organization has things that are wrong in them. <laughs> in fact. Uh, I don't know that any of us on this call would have a career in this field if uh, <laughs> if things weren't going wrong in organizations, right? Um, but traditionally, how uh, management and leadership and and most of the books and methods, et cetera, out there that would uh, would would help us try to understand how to navigate and and help uh, improve things that are going wrong is very mechanical in nature. We were told, you know, train people on a new way of doing things, be there to, uh, to tell them when they're getting it wrong, uh, swap out people who aren't working out, uh, et cetera, right? Uh, all the way up to, to the CEO level. Sometimes we, we say, you know what? And in fact, we as agilists are, are pretty famous for this of saying, you know what? Leadership's the one that's gotta go, <laughs> right? Um, but when we start thinking about uh, a more organic metaphor uh, and we start thinking about replacing uh, just wholesale replacements of parts of the organization in order to solve problems, whether that's how people are working, whether that's uh, the people themselves, the teams themselves, uh, we know that that's uh, fairly unhealthy, right? 
Uh, you can't just uh, rip out somebody's heart and replace it with another one. In fact, that's kind of a last resort. <laughs> you really don't want to do that to a patient, right? Um, so, so we have to start looking at things that go wrong and how to fix them more like uh, diagnosing and treating diseases or injuries or illness uh, like we would if we were treating a, a human being or, or another organism, right? right. Um, and and that's that's kind of where we're where we're going with this tonight is what do those changes look like and and what uh what kind of mental shift do we need to to make so i'm going to add on to that and then i'm going to go to uh left with my lead off question so to add on to that if we think about all these these parts inside of our organizations, right? If we go away from organization and go to organism, these parts is almost like if you think about the human body, right? You have, uh, in our companies, we have legal, we have compliance, we have risk, we have our development teams, we have our business, we have technology. Those things then become your circulatory, your musculature, your bone system, your endocrine system. And that frame of mind where if one piece is unhealthy, it inadvertently infects the other pieces. So it's not just a hot swap. Oh, we'll just swap out everybody in compliance. Like you said, you don't just swap out a heart. Um, the idea of swapping out like the endocrine system, for example, would be completely insane. So thinking about all these things as um, parts that contribute to a whole and they need to be healthy uh, holistically, I think that kind of changes how we think. So Lef, let me ask you this. Going down further down the rabbit hole of this metaphor, if we're looking at organizations like organisms and realizing that all these different pieces ha are, are contributing um, at different varying levels to the success of the organism, organism, how would you define an illness? So if we're thinking about an organizational illness, what would you, what would you call an illness? How would you define that under this new paradigm metaphor or what have you? Yeah, I might throw a wrench into the conversation kind of building off of what you were talking about, of, right. like cardiovascular. And to me, illness is created through different areas, like the pathways that we need to create, like communication. If you have poor communication, does what is the symptoms that poor communication creates that then brings in the disease, right? Ah. So poor communication could lead to lack of trust lack of ability to actually, you know, kind of retrospect, lack of ability to um, be truthful without fear of repercussion, but also have positive intent. So to me, that is a symptom, like a, a illness that creates kind of disease or issues down the road. So that pathway of communication, to me, is, is very important when you're talking about, and if we flip it, organizational health, right? what diseases are created when we don't have health in our organization, these are the pathways that we need to either treat those symptoms, we either need to look for a cure, or we need a transplant, like you brought up earlier, do we need to fire leadership or fire someone else, right, and transplant a new person into that situation to see if that boost, boosts our health. So I love this topic. I think there's just so much here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Stephen, but I want to I want to go one question further with you, left. So if we look at like bad communication as an illness, right, and, and and that sort of thing, sometimes illnesses resolve on their own. Oh, the common cold, cold sores, right? Like cuts or bruises. 
how following this metaphor down the rabbit hole, how, how do we know that, or, or can we even know that these, this thing, this illness will resolve itself on its own? How do we diagnose that as a diagnostician? Is there, is there a clear sign or are we, is it truly just still leave your fingers, stick it up in the air and judge the wind? Uh, I mean, I think with the, I'll give you the consultant answer, right? It depends, but I think that rings true is, is, are we listening to the right signals? Are we looking at the right data? Are we actually using the data that we're learning that, oh, this was a common cold. So we know it's going to pass, right? So we don't over rotate on it. So I think it's, it's having that emotional intelligence partnered with the data, you know, that is constantly circulating to understand what we're treating, right? And be intentional. Okay. Okay. So Stephen. Well, I I was just going to add on that real quick. I think you can also look at things like um, leadership, like parents, right? So when your kids are young, they come screaming, oh, my stomach hurts. I have a stomach ache. Well, you can go through some common steps of, yeah, well, when's the last time you ate? Well, I didn't eat. I haven't eaten for 12 hours. Well, it's probably not a stomach ache. You're probably hungry, right? So there's some stuff there. But then at some point, the parent says, wait, there's an issue here that's not a common issue. So let me bring in a consultant called a doctor, right? So I think having that, that wisdom at the leadership level can help to say, yeah, this is just a cold sore. It'll, it'll, it'll sport itself out if you let it. Um, versus, okay, you know, this is probably a time we should actually bring in a consultant. So, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you another question along those lines, Stephen, and it jumps off what uh, Left just said. The idea of an illness, sometimes they're self-healing. You know, sometimes they just go away on their own. Can we t- Let's talk about self-diagnosis. When should a company self-diagnose versus when should they go to the doctor? Because we all know, like the worst, the worst thing you could do in life is go to WebMD and enter headache. Because at that point, you have glioblastoma and three hours to live. But I mean, <laughs> and the other side of that is you enter headache and it tells you, oh, drink more water. And it could be the glioblastoma. So again, if we're looking at organizations like organisms, at what point do you quit with the self-diagnosing and find a professional? Um, I, I think that's going to, I'll give you the consulting answer. It depends. <laughs> two for two. <laughs> um, I do think part of that, though, is just based on experience, right? And that's why it is important to have peers you can talk to. And that's why important it's important to have you know professional relationships you can lean on to say, hey, this is what's happening. I had somebody call me today to say, I just need to bounce this off of somebody. All right, let's talk. Right? So having those kind of relationships, it's the same thing when you're a new parent. Who do you call? You call your old your parents and say, "This is happening. I I think maybe I should take him to the doctor." No, don't worry about it. Just do this. Oh, okay, thanks. Right. So I think but, it's all a learning process, and it depends on, in some point, some parts, the maturity of, the business and the leadership to to look at that. Yeah, and I think to yes and that I think, also I you, we should inspire that level of curiosity right if you're actually doing research you're actually bothered by something so you know if we if we kind of partner that with and i have coaching hours every week no one attends right so what is it about this Mm. hey i need to self-diagnose i need to do research let me bring that to somebody that can help me decipher it or help me look at those symptoms and say 
here's as an expert, I hate that word, but as, as an expert, right, or somebody knowledgeable with wisdom and all this other experience, this is what I see. Let me read the chart and let's do, look at your research, yada, yada, yada. So I think, you know, it could help support kind of where there's fatigue around whether it's coaching hours, lean coffees, just these kind of open space type experiences. It gives people, hey, I'm going to go to the minute clinic, right? I'm going to go to urgent care. Agile so, urgent care, by the way, if we see yeah. that trademarked by anyone, <laughs> our lawyers, our lawyers are coming after you, coming after you. But Joel, continue. So, so Jay, I, I, I think uh, one of the really interesting things um, as we're talking about this uh, is it, with our bodies, when we have disease, anytime we have any disease uh, or illness or injury, we know that there is a, a, some kind of a long-term impact of that, right? Now, maybe not like the common cold, but, but for anything that's serious enough to go to the doctor, usually that's, um, you're going to have some form of loss as a result of that, right? And I think a lot of times when we're brought in as coaches to organizations, there's this assumption that regardless of what's happened in the past, regardless of what um, what injury or illness or, or sickness an organization has, um, that we'll be able to get them back to peak shape, right? Um, but we know that when, when and if we were retrofitting an engine, that might be true, right? We, we might be able to get an, organi an organization back to tip-top shape. But when we're talking about a, a organic body, um, there are things that happen that cause permanent loss of something, right? Whether it's, um, whether it's a, uh, like if, if we're talking about an injury, I have an injury in, in my shoulder that dates back to high school, and there are certain things I just can't do with it anymore. No physical therapist is ever going mm -hmm. to be able to help that, you know? No surgery is ever going to regain 100% of that function, right? Um, the Lifelong smokers are a great example. You know, like, there, every time you puff on a cigarette, you're losing some portion of your lung capacity, that no doctor can ever bring back for you, right? So, so I think when we're when we're talking about these things, um, organizations and, and as part of the shift have to understand that their unhealthy habits, their lack of treatment for diseases or bad treatment for diseases that they have, et cetera, um, may cause damage that can't ever be undone entirely, right? Right, right. And I'm glad you brought that up because you gave me the segue into the next part, which I was going to start with you. So if we've talked about illness, right, and in organization parlance, an illness is a behavior or an action that has a potential to result in damaging outcomes, right? So that's a potential. So Joel, now build on that metaphor and compare and contrast an illness versus an injury. Right. So you just were starting to talk about an injury, right? Like I, yeah. I, I have a, I have a pinched nerve in my shoulder and acts up once a year. I walk around kind of like lopsided until it goes away. And like you said, I will never get that function back. No doctor can fix it. It's not worth going in there with a rotoscope and chipping away at stuff. So what is, if we're looking at an organization, what is, how do I change my brain to think, is this an illness or an injury? How do I even define the difference between the two to start? 
So, so when, when we're talking about illnesses, usually if, if we're talking about illnesses, we're talking about some kind of um, internal illness in our body, right? We're, we're usually talking about, um, about something bad happening uh, with our systems, something bad happening with um, either from an external source, maybe a, a virus or a bacteria or something like that, um, or, or even substance abuse, unhealthy lifestyles, something has caused um, some internal damage to our systems, right? Um, injuries tend to be something that is, uh, is caused by an interaction between us and some kind of an external force, right? I've been watching way too much NCIS lately, so I see a, <laughs> lot, a lot of injuries. Injuries are almost always somebody getting hit up, hit upside the head by a two by four or something <laughs> like that, right? Um, so, so if we think about uh, the difference between injuries and diseases, injuries are tend to be um, something that is fairly easy to identify the root cause of, something very, uh, very defined. Um, an injury might be like like my shoulder carrying a backpack with five thousand pounds of books on it for for four years, right? Um, that even though that was a repetitive motion, that motion caused my my injury, right? Um, however, that motion or any kind of motion didn't cause me to get COVID last month, right? Right. <laughs> that is that's a disease that in this case I caught from somebody else, um, my husband, who thank. Thank God he uh, brought that home, you know. But anyways, <laughs> now you got it over with. <laughs> now got it over with. Um, but but that was a that's a fundamentally different uh, sort of, of thing. The an injury is a result of generally a result of something that I did. A disease is is a result of uh, or that somebody did to me. A disease tends to be a result of an interaction with something. Now. That said, when we're looking out at, at medical definitions of these things, uh, there are medical definitions and nobody that I've ever talked to uses them consistently. So, right, right. So uh, I think we're, we're in a little bit of like uh, metaphor magic here, right? <laughs> right, right. So, so when, you, when, you, when you brought up the idea of an injury, I, I automatically, so here's where my mind went. My mind went to things like, um, to put it in, in context of what we do day to day doing in, our, in the organizations we work in, injury to me would be something like local optimization, right? So it's happened. You know it's there. You've seen it. This is the bum shoulder. I know that yep. the more I try and play basketball without getting this shoulder fixed, it's only going to get worse and worse. Local optimization. I know that if I've optimized for Steven's team at the, to, the, to the detriment of the rest of the teams, to the Joel team, Jay team, and Andrew team, I know that the longer that goes on, the longer that's going to be, uh, it's not going to be something as simple as, okay, well, we'll just go for, our, you know, scoping or get a cortisone shot. And is a cortisone shot hiring one of the big four consulting firms? Don't answer that. We'll keep going. Um, <laughs> an injury is, again, local optimization or making a short-sighted decision, knowing that it's going to cause a maleffect later, but 
You mean like pretending that you're in college and going out drinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to act like you're 22 again when you're when you're 42. It doesn't have the same doesn't have the no, same uh, no. ring. So, Stephen, what do you think? Like when we're when we're thinking about some of the organizations you come across, right? And the idea of an injury. What are what are some ex- other examples besides the local optimization that I throw up? What do you think are other examples of things where it's gonna it's damage that's been sustained that's only gonna get worse if you don't do anything to mitigate it? That's an interesting. It's interesting in that there, I think, are a couple of different things that happen when you get an injury, right? It's assessed. You then have to determine you're actually going to do what was recommended and sustain it in order for it to get better, right? What often happens is I go to my doctor. They say, you're overweight. I say, yes, I know. I worked on it for 30 days. I get tired. I'm still fat. So, you know, that's in my own personal Mm -hmm. business. I'm not doing what was recommended. So if you have an injury, like you were saying, if you have an injury and you don't treat it properly, you don't get the help when you need, it takes longer to heal it. That does mean your business is suffering in case you know we're talking about the business. Your business is suffering while that's happening. And hiring a consultant does, doesn't typically mean in two weeks, you're back up to, to full par, right? So right. the... The flip side, I think, is is knowing the injuries as well, right? So if I get a splinter in my foot and I hire a consultant who comes in and screams, you got to cut your foot off, that's not going to help either, right? They're doing more damage than good. So this is the framework you have to use. Why? Because it's the one I know. Uh, <laughs> yes, there you go. what everybody has to use to fix there the you splinter go. in the foot, or, right? Or Stephen, so, how, how about this? How about this for a metaphor for that? Um, you got a splinter in your foot and the consultant comes in or the, the doctor comes in and says, you need to learn a whole new way of walking just because you have a <laughs> splinter. Uh, <laughs> man, we're uncovering all sorts of uncomfortable parts here. Yep, yep. <laughs> when, you, when you change the metaphor, you change how you view what you're doing and it really does make you really yeah. rethink. Um, no, that's that's a good that's a good point, Steve. It's a good point. You know, don't cut the foot off for this for the sake of the splinter. Left, what do you think on the on the topic of injuries, organizational injury? What do you think? Yeah, I, I kind of went similar to where you were going, Jay, or where you went in, in regards to refine or um sorry, capacity planning popped into my head. Right. If you choose not to do capacity planning as a team or as an organization, is do what are you injuring, right? You, you lessen your visibility. And this is a very, you know, finite kind of view. But, you know, to me, that's an injury to the organization. When you don't do certain things, you're injuring kind of what we're trying to do. If you don't test, right? Like if you don't understand how to test, you're not incorporating test cases, you're not looking at testing differently, right? Quality is an injury to the organization, right? That can become disease, or can become, mm. you know, a, a way that creates some sort of illness in the organization when you're constantly creating. And I, I think it was you, Joel, they said like dropping the new engine in, but we're not looking for high performance, right? High performance takes a lot of maintenance to maintain what is sustainable. And when we talk about injury, the rehab, right? Are you willing to put in the work to rehab that injury and continue to do the physical therapy it takes to rehab and get as close as you can to where you were knowing that you'll probably never get there. Well, so and, having and that resilience. And a lot of that left 
uh, kind of depends on on what um, what part of the organism the organism's life cycle they're in too, right? I mean, for organizations that are, are older, more mature, more well established, injuries can be uh, can cause a, a grave loss of a function that you can't get back. Right. The broken, hip, about... the broken hip as, as the 60 year old versus the broken hip as the 16 year old yeah. who fell off a motorcycle or, a, or exactly. A yeah, exactly. And we've seen that. Right. I mean, uh, Google and and Facebook in their early years made some various missteps. They were able to recover from fairly, fairly easily. Right. Um, things that if uh, that when Microsoft came along and made similar missteps, they couldn't recover from. Right. right. So. So a good example, um, Google developing a smartphone, right, alongside the iPhone, right? They they had a huge setback by trying to release a uh, a phone uh, before they took over Android and all that, right? Um, and were completely outcompeted by Apple when they released the first the first iPhone. They had to go back to scratch. The story is well known. You guys know it. Yeah. Um, Windows tried the same thing, and it was completely fatal for that area of the business, right? <laughs> that's a a good analogy it really is (laughs) like they were a more established more mature uh company by all rights by all conventional logic they should have been able to throw enough resources at it to to get that working get it working well and and save that area of their business right they weren't able to while google was and i think that's a, a classic example of um now that the analysts would probably say something differently, but I think it's it's a potential example of a difference in place and life cycle, right? Google was a much younger, much more nimble, much healthier company. Resilient. Microsoft was resilient. Yep. 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 Microsoft was bloated, old, <laughs> fat, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. My my blown out ankle being being <laughs> obese is a lot harder to deal with than when I was skinny and 16. Exactly. Right. right. So We've talked about illness. We've talked about injury. I'm going to start with you, Stephen. Under, again, under the rubric of org, or under the context of organizational sickness as a metaphor, how would you define inside an organization a disease? So I, I think disease can come about if you are not continuing to maintain and grow and be flexible. I think that's one way disease. So in, in the body perspective, if you're not exercising, if you're not eating right, if you're not you know, looking at your environment and making sure you're not climbing a cliff when you're 97, although I'm sure somewhere there's a 97 year old saying, I can climb that cliff. <laughs> but you know, those types of things can cause disease. And if you're not doing health checks of the business, disease can come about. Um, so I, I would use those same kind of metaphors for, for the business side. If you're getting old, stale, fat, weak, you're less likely to survive the long run. Okay. So, so can I can I poke at you there, Stephen, for sure. something that you said there? I I'm curious as to what your your thoughts are. You, you said if if you're not doing some of these healthy things um, it, and kind of these lifestyle things, it can evolve into disease. Like that's a pretty well established concept in in medicine i mean our doctors yell at us about that sort of thing all the time sure could could you maybe unpack that a little bit about uh about healthy habits or healthy lifestyles being a a root cause of a lot of what we see as diseases in uh in organizations yeah i mean the the first one to me that popped in mind is 
businesses that went out of business when COVID, when pandemic hit, because their actual IT systems weren't flexible and set up and had the right health checks to say, oh, we need to be able to support people remotely. Mm. They couldn't do it. So like and sclerotic arteries. Yeah. Right, just, right. Yeah. So that would be, I mean, that's the one that popped in mind. Yeah, that makes sense. What do you think, Lef? Disease in the organization. Yeah. Um, I, I also think of it as, you know, are we paying attention to, to hygiene, right? And those, again, yep. the, the things that we need to do to support the being able to fight disease, right? The antibodies we need to have in our system. So, you know, if you get a cut, like a deep cut, are you cleaning it? Are you doing proper wound care to ward off disease? And if you do, do you have enough antibodies built? You know, similar to what all of, all of you are talking about is, do we have enough antibodies in our system, right? Not as individuals, but as an organization to fight disease. And how much attention and energy do we need to invest, right? Of this, these organisms or these antibodies to actually do we have the energy to be consistent, to continue to fight what is important, right? Or what is just going to heal on its own? So that that's kind of the way that I'm, what's popping up for me when you, when you ask about that, when you ask that question. Okay. That's so, bad joke here. So we need to be taking a culture of our culture, right? Exactly. I mean, that's what right. I thought of when yes. you had antibodies, right? <laughs> right. That you, culture is a big part of that, right? So if right. you have a terrible culture, that's going to, get disgruntled employees they're going to start feeding on that same you know mistrust of the company and the anger or the frustration or all of that and then next thing you know you've got cancer in the company you got to figure mm -hmm. out how to deal with it um and this this you're speaking to a guy who i am 45 and i have literally gotten five uh, tetanus boosters in my life. I average every seven years, I find a way to either step on a nail or run my arm down some rusty piece of metal. Like, you know, left talking so, about the cut that you got to keep clean. I'm like, yeah, I just. So 40, an injury, 40, 45 an injury that literally could getting turn a, a into shot. disease then. <laughs> yes, yes. But, how, but to Stephen's point though, and almost kind of flipping that on its side, right? So he talked yep. about cancer. Cellular apoptosis is the death, the voluntary death of a cell. Right. So there are times and this came up in Lucifer principle comes up in a lot of different medical texts where it talks about how there are parts of the body where the body will voluntarily kill off cells. Right. Like, so your skin, what is it? Every seven years, you literally are wearing brand new skin because all of your skill cells have been replaced. So with that idea of apoptosis and even cancer. So cancer is a result of apoptosis that does not trigger. So cells start to recreate and they start to multiply and the body, for whatever reason, fails to send the signal to stop. And it grows and metastasizes, right? So there's there's a whole, we could do a whole episode on the idea of organizational cancer, right? Like bad decisions that have just begun metastatic, right? Wrong leadership, bad process, investing in the Google phone. Um, but the other side of that, which I'm wondering if there's an analogy for what we deal with, um, not apoptosis that fails to trigger, but apoptosis that functions on its own when it shouldn't be. So for example, Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is cellular apoptosis in the brain where the brain connections and the neurons start to decay. And for no reason, the body's not telling them to, you know, be the lemming. It just happens. Joel, what's the equivalent of that inside of an organization? Apoptosis where it's, it's run amok. 
so so I want to I want to back up real quick back to our our idea of of disease here because I think apoptosis and Alzheimer's and, and cancers are uh, we're given a lot of examples here, but something that all these things have in common is they have a name, they have a set of diagnostic criteria, right? You can't just say. Um, Jay, you have cancer and not be able to prove diagnostically that you have cancer, right? Um, or or Alzheimer's or anything else, right? So so when we're talking about things like uh, like organizational diseases uh, and 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 Alzheimer's, one of the things that we don't really have in our line of work is a guidebook of of known diseases with with the diagnostics attached with them and and potential treatments where we know them and where they exist right so so i want to i want to make that clear that mm. when we're talking through what might be the equivalent of alzheimer's in in an organ an organization we don't have like so in mental health they have the dsm-5 which is literally the bible of diagnostics where you you can go through and look at the differential diagnoses for every single disorder or disease that the person might have mentally right including alzheimer's in fact i actually just i was browsing through it before we started on this just to kind of get my brain thinking in this way um and it gives uh, practitioners, people who are trained and, and can do this, the right tools to say, all right, patient X, you have Alzheimer's. This is the treatments that we can try. Here's the prognosis, et cetera, et cetera. Um, we don't have that in our profession. We've got a whole lot of ideas and we've got a crap ton of treatments Right. So, so <laughs> I don't mean to interrupt you, but let me jump on that, and then I'm going to throw it to Lep. So, we don't have the equivalent of a DSM five in what we do with organizations, and I, I, I dare say that's probably because the equivalent would be in Lep as someone who spent a time, uh, who spent a chunk of his life as a consultant. It, do we not have the DSM five because every different consulting company, nay doctor, nay hospital? keeps all that knowledge and experience under wraps and branded and they don't collaborate like doctors and hospitals typically do where they write white papers and they kind of shed share the knowledge of hey i was with this patient and it did this so you might want to look for that is that part of the problem because in in the rush to monetization in the rush to create a product that you could resell we've actually set medicine agile practice consulting back because we don't share what do you think I think it's interesting, and I want to go back to the smoking. Okay. Use of the smoking. It'll, it'll, it, it's the way I'm going to answer your question or kind of build upon it is I think no one cares, right? It, you have a company that's successful. Like, wh why are you, ch you know, you're changing certain things for what? At the end of the day, that one person that has smoked two packs of cigarettes a day and has lived till their 90s. <laughs> has debunked that change needs to happen, right? Well, I smoked for two packs, of, two packs a day for X amount of years and I'm perfectly fine, right? So that one person can completely unravel the health aspect of things. Mm. And I think that that's a challenge, right? Like to me, 
when you have these or these companies that just what is it that they're so resistant to some of this? It's capex, capex, and opex, right? Why are we lying? Why are we hiding? That's Wait, what it boils down to. A, so a fundamentally how do we unhealthy lifestyle. You're saying, like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a metaphor for we're, you. We're we're addicted to sugar and are surprised when all of our companies have diabetes. <laughs> but but to that point, right? To your point about age and to your point about life cycle, when you're young, you can get away with drinking and eating like shit and getting three hours sleep and partying on the weekends, right? Young companies are were more resilient. But as time goes on, you can't keep doing what you were doing before. And maybe some of these companies, they try, they, they try to, they know what they're doing now is bad, but eh, when we grow up, we'll grow out of it. And then they don't grow out of it. Right. And then you basically are blockbuster. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Your Kodak, your blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. So one more add on to your apoptosis thing. An interesting piece on that is in some ways, that's what a retrospective does. So you are continuing to shed the old cells that are not needed anymore if you're doing them properly and following through with it. Right. Ah, that's an interesting way to put it. Yeah. So the lack of a retro is almost like you're breeding, you're metastasizing what could be a cancer, right? Because you're not looking at what needs to be replaced and shed and what needs to be turned off. Interesting. Or what needs to be turned on at that point, right? Because. Oh, there was brilliance just about to come out of Joel's mouth and froze. Because, oh no! Uh, oh, are you am, I, am I back He's now? Back. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're back. back. You're back. back. <laughs> okay. Well, and and, and the, the reverse, right? So so retros serve as a one half of them is to figure out what you're going to stop. The other half right. is to figure out what you're going to start, right? So so it's uh, it's a little bit of both, uh, and I'm going to butcher the terms here, but it, the apoptosis and the uh, the reverse to figure out when we do need to replicate, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a health check of going to the doctors and saying, well, based on what you've been doing, based on our recommendations, this looks to be working. Let's continue doing that, right? This doesn't. Okay, now let's introduce but, this new thing. But isn't it very human nature, right? Like you you build up this, this fear, right? Like if you think there's something wrong with you, you automatically go to the extreme. And we talked about it earlier. Do you think... As soon as you get that relief that, oh, it's just this, you snap back, right? Like you've completely gone away from all this thing that you thought you would have to do to, to stay healthy or treat whatever. And then you're completely snapped back into the spot you were before, before you even thought about that or even experienced it. So I think there's something there too, that that snap back of, well, do we need to focus on this? Is it really important? Because we're able to move forward and it's really not that big of a deal. So is there, part, I think there's something like there the, as well. It's kind of like the mindset piece when people say, oh, it's not a diet. It's it's a lifestyle, it's a lifestyle. change, right? You're, if you really want it to stick, it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. change. Are you willing to make that change? Or do you want to just do something for 30 days and say, yeah, I tried, it didn't work? So Lef, I, I think this is where we can... Um, we can actually empathize pretty heavily with our medical peers um, because we both we both face the same thing. Ultimately, we can't fix organisms, right? Just like doctors can't fix us, 
they can tell us, they can make recommendations, they can, they can be there to support our journey. The most expensive doctors can literally be there for us every day. What they can't do is make us get on a treadmill and walk for 30 minutes a day. Right. right? And, and so there is, um, there's some element I think that, that you're picking up here on that, that is, uh, we, our responsibility in diagnosing and treating diseases uh, only works in so far as the patient is, has given us consent and the patient uh, is willing to follow through and, and act on those recommendations and actually see them through, right? And even then, it's not a guarantee, right? We, we know that treatments um, for cancer, for instance, there is no slam dunk treatment for any, any cancer that I'm aware of right? There's no slam dunk and there's no treatment for the common cold, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, it's interesting. This comedian said this, I got it probably 15 years ago when I heard it, you know, it's called a practice for a reason, right? Doctors practice, right? right? So why, why are, why is the coaching aspect of what we do not looked at in the same way, right? Like we should be able to have some sort of contract or agreement i hate the word contract too but agreement to say that you're under our care right here's here's your diagnosis here's your prescriptions here's your medications you know here's the your physical therapy here's your all the things your nutrition all the things you need to do to focus on these five things right mm -hmm. and it's up to you right we'll continue to coach you we'll help you call the plays will help you, you know, monitor, meter, inspect, adapt, all those things, but you have to do the work. So right. it's same with the patient, um, doctor-patient relationship. We yep. as patients have to do the work. Yeah, there's another interesting piece on that too, which is when you go to your doctor, one of the things they ask you is what other medication are you on? Right. Ah, we never get to that. What man, other consultants are you working with? Right. So <laughs> right. I'm hitting that now, looking at enterprise data architecture at a company and finding out that, oh, each department has been working with different consultants to do what they need for their piece. Well, if nobody's yeah. pulling all those together to right. look at the overall picture, you can much have like mixing medicines. Yeah, and much like mixing medicines, you could actually exacerbate the exact problem you are trying to prevent. Right. And, and you know, I, I, that sparked another thought there. I know personally know leaders who have, um, have gone around uh, to different coaches uh, and gone to them with the same problem. To trying to find the one that's going to give them the answer they want to hear. And right. people do that with doctors. All Shopping the time, doctors. Right? right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let me throw out an open question and first person who's got an idea, answer this. So we've talked about illness. We've talked about injury. We've talked about disease. Um, we've talked about all this sort of fun stuff. We've talked about apoptosis and, and cancer of the brain and, and, and don't go to WebMD for glioblastoma. What is the equivalent of the immune system? If we're looking at organizations and we're treating them like organisms, right? What is the equivalent of the immune system? Auditing and compliance. <laughs> See, that's the, that was what I, where I first went, but I'm not sure uh, if that's uh, really it. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I'll, sorry to jump in, but I think the immune system is the healthy things, the, those, again, going, I can't get the pathways thought out of my head, but having those healthy pathways 
that becomes your immune system to fight off the desire to snap back into whether old habits or new things that just don't align towards that. And those building and structuring a new culture or evolving the culture to have more of that embedded as, you know, the immune system, gosh, that would be what an amazing experiment that would be. So I, think, I was actually leaning towards culture being the immune system. Yeah, I, I'm with you there. I, I do think, though, we one of the traps that we have to avoid, Jay, when we talk about all this stuff is we have to avoid the trap of looking for one-to-one -one comparison on all the different um, mm. functions True. and parts True. of the body, right? Not not that it isn't helpful for a, for an illustrative point, right? But if we look at us, uh, our anatomy versus the anatomy of a deep sea octopus, they're going to look fundamentally differently. Different species of organisms are going to look different, right? And, and sure. while, yeah, they probably all have some form of immune system, how that works and, and, and the intricacies of it are all going to be different depending on, on how they evolved and, and even what their survival strategies are, right? Right. I think, and to your point, with all these organisms being different, I think the biggest thing that comes away from me when I think about these metaphors is, um, and I know we have the root cause problem coming up. That's an episode we're gonna you're gonna unpack about how um, root we end up in the root what you call the root cause loop. But I I think the biggest thing that that comes away with me when I think about this meta metaphor is the I, idea of a combination of doctors, homeopaths trying to come up with a holistic treatment right you don't just treat the symptom you don't just treat the disease it's a whole body wellness right so and to your point to your left's point about you know we're practicing and, and you know we're inviting you into our practice while we're changing one thing over here and in where the illness might be we also need to be cognizant of what's going on in the body overall because we may by fixing one thing kind of weaken another right it's like the old um my dogs when when they used to do knee replacement on dogs they would do the one knee and they would tell you six months later, you're doing the other knee because you overcompensate by putting the, you know, we don't want to create that overcompensation where the company in trying to overcompensate for something that we're trying to fix actually blows something out even worse. And usually that second knee is much more painful and a much longer recoup time. So the idea of that, you know, you need to look at it holistically and make sure you are trying to solve for the entire body and the mind, right? Yeah. Because we're not even talking about that. The oh, body and the so mind are, are part I, parts of it. I think there's another piece on that, which is as a consultant or as an internal person, knowing what your specialties are, you know, are you a general practic practitioner who can help with kind of the basics? But hey, if there's really something wrong with your eyes, I need to send you elsewhere. If there's really something wrong with your heart, I need to send you elsewhere. Or I need to pull in this other consultant specific to that right so i think we miss out a lot because consultants jump in and they feel like they have to know all the answers for mm -hmm. everything and that's detrimental as well or as coaches right like oh well I i'm not i don't know i don't do ear nose and throat i do digestive but let me get left who does ear nose and throat is right. the equivalent of me saying you know what i'm not a devops guy i don't do xp and technical practices but steven is so let me grab Dr. Kellogg, who knows XP and DevOps, 
and have him help, you know, and that's, that's part of a brutal pride on our part, right? Like so, not, not having the, the, I hate to say safety, but the safety to admit and say, yeah, I don't know this, but I'm going to grab a doctor who does because this is their thing. But, but do you know why they do that, Jay? They, they do that because- Ooh, Doctors in, or coaches? Uh, coaches, coaches. Oh, okay. <laughs> coaches feel like we have to know all that because um, when, when we're talking about, uh, about what we do in a healthcare perspective, um, our patients are going to be looking for the lowest cost, right? Because there is no safety net. There is no uh, insurance plan that's going to get them whatever care that they need with the right person, right? So they want to know, they want to find the unicorns. They want to find the, the amazing doctors that can solve all their problems. They want the silver bullets. They want the shamans, right? Because- Right, they, they want Uncle Lep's want... uh, special tincture, which is like half, <laughs> yeah. half morphine, half cocaine, and half like, you know, right. what's a, arsenic. And Served, you'll, in you'll, a, you'll... Served in a tennis shoe. Yeah, you'll because feel it's... better. You'll feel better for a short term, but it'll kill you in the long run, right? Yeah. Right. But but I mean if we think about it, it's much cheaper for them to have left come in even with his uh maybe I left I don't know all your specialties. You you have a lot of you have a lot of them, but um it, it's cheaper to have left come in and try to solve all of their problems even if it's just generally saying, "You know what? I'm not an expert here, but here's just a couple of general recommendations." than it is for left to say, hey, you know what? We need to get Steven involved in this. We need to get Jay involved in this, right? Ah, so maybe maybe Joel along that path is the mindset we should be, and it's a struggle, but struggling to inculcate with the leaders that we work with is you're gonna get, it's like, it's like you going shopping around for a bargain basement doctor, right? You're gonna get what you pay for. And if yeah. you pay for, if you really want the results, you have to not only pay for the results, but put in the work that goes along with it. Right. So, so I think a lot of these leaders have uh, have this mindset of, uh, and and reasonably so, because we see the same thing in medical care when when people don't have insurance, they're not covered by an entity, right? They they say, okay, so you're going to ask me to spend, God, how much knows how much? Like a hundred thousand dollars for a hospital visit, and you're telling me that I actually have to do all the work. Like, mm -hmm. what the hell, right? That's people's reactions, and and rightfully so, right? So, so I mean that that kind of goes to some of the fundamental structures of of how we work. Maybe maybe one of the disrupting forces that'll be out there is the development of of agile insurance or something like that. You know, <laughs> but but you see where I'm going? With agile that? malpractice insurance. What a brilliant idea! Again, if anybody comes up with that will be in touch. So I want to, uh, we're, we're approaching time, but something just occurred to me that I want to throw out there and see if this adds a, adds a wrinkle of complexity. We keep using these, you know, we use terms like illness, injury, disease, and all the examples we're given are basically physical, physiological, right? Cancer, pulled shoulders, sprained elbows, knee replacements. Is there a difference if it's mind illness? as opposed to musculoskeletal, neurological, like, like, is it cluster B, cluster A, those sort of disorders? Does that, does that change? Does that add a wrinkle to this metaphor? How much more complex does it make so, it? 
So can, can I go out there for a minute? Are you guys yeah. willing to, to let me go out there? This may this may completely wreck my professional career from now until infinity. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but one of the things that, that got me started thinking about this in general, and, and Jay, I think we've had this conversation before, is um, I've recognized in organizations that I work in the same symptoms at an organizational level as we see in somebody who is depressed or bipolar, right? And, and part of what helped me make this shift is seeing the same patterns operate across a large group of people as, as would operate in a single person that would be medically diagnosed, right? I have worked in organizations who are depressed who have lost joy, finding joy in the things that, that they used to find joy in, right? Who, who uh, their productivity goes down, their, um, their desire to, uh, to, they find it more difficult to do things that they would normally do in the course of, of their day or their life. All of the symptoms of depression get checked off at an organizational level, you know? So, so I think that, um, that actually may be one of the most digestible ways to make the transition from from organic to or from uh, from mechanical to organic here because these patterns are things that are already defined or already diagnosable and happen um, when a bunch of people's brains get together right <laughs> right Right. Okay. I so I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit too out there. But left, <laughs> uh, Stephen. Thoughts, reactions. I totally agree. I think it's actually easier to correlate it with mental, because mental illness can lead to physical harm, physical injury, physical ailments, right? So, or psychosomatic. What symptoms are we making up because we don't have health in our our mind? So I, I think that that it's to me it lends itself it's a balance. I think you can have both. I think that it, it parallels and partners really well with, with both, you know, physical and mental. Steven. Yeah, I, I would agree. And I think just, you know, de depending on which portion of mental you're talking about, some of those can be helped with counseling. Some of those can be helped with medication for some period of time along with counseling. And some of those you're on meds for the rest of your life. Mm. And you still need to check in to see, are the meds still doing what they need to do? If not, do I need to tweak them some? How do I best tweak them? Let's tweak it and see if it works. So I, I think that all still fully applies. Oh man, are we gonna have to develop inpatient care for, uh, for companies? <laughs> in, agile inpatient care, yep. Again, our lawyers will be in touch if we see it. Pop Wait, up no, 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 up. that's just a dojo, right? It is a dojo. So I, you know, while you were saying that, I was thinking while Lef was giving his, um, his elegant response to what you said, I was thinking to myself, okay, so what's the, what's the equivalent of Munchausen by proxy? in an organization. <laughs> and I know when I answer my own question, I know what it is. It's when you hire the consultant and the consultant really doesn't fix the problem, but they keep telling you what the problem is so they can continuously be engaged and continuously be paid instead of really putting the thing down and going, look, Mr. Leff, there's no way, an easier way to tell you this, but buddy, your baby's ugly. The baby's ugly. <laughs> so you, you bring up a good point. Doctors at some point in time decide that patients are wasting their time 
if they're not going to to accept the care, right? And and doctors will say, you know what, I I don't want to see you back here for another six, eight months, a year, or when you come to your senses, right? If you're not going to do the things that that I know you need to do, that that you know that you need to do. I'm not going to treat you anymore because I don't want to, I don't want you to sue me for malpractice when you're not doing what you're supposed to. <laughs> right. The, which is the equivalent of a coach firing a customer. Yeah. Or I say, look, you're not, you're not into it. Yeah. What, what, what am I actually doing here? What am I doing here? Okay. All right, gents, well, we're at time. So I want to thank all of you for taking this, this metaphorical journey with us. I'm sure we, uh, we definitely ruined someone's medical school training. I'm, I thank God no doctors <laughs> listen to the show. We'd all be sued for malpractice. Uh, but on behalf of myself, I want to thank Joel, Andrew, and Stephen for hopping on to, to entertain this uh, metaphorical conversation. On behalf of Joel, Stephen, uh, Andrew, and myself, I want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in once again. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, give us a like or review, a listen on iTunes, Podbean, Podhub, your podcasting app of choice. Uh, if you like what you heard, why don't you leave a review? It helps others find us. Uh, thank you and shout out to Krebs and Machine Man Records for the outro music, which is provided royalty-free. And last but not least, we are committed the Agile Uprising to always being free. However, we do have a Patreon. So if you feel like you wanted to phrase some hosting and production costs, uh, feel free to chip in. You may get a surprise in the mail. Maybe you'll get my last doctor's bill. So once again, until next time, I want to thank everybody. And this is the Agile Uprising podcast signing out.